Alright, we're gonna do kind of a... It's kind of a response, but not really. It's it's just more of a a statement video, I suppose. That well, sometimes it got it's me hard because people bring stuff up and it's like, you know what? That's a great point. It's a good point. Yeah. Let's then, discuss yeah, that. Yeah, let me so address it. So it's not that you're it. blasting someone out. It just, right. you're right, that's a good point. I feel that there's something I should say on that topic. And, you know, it's difficult that uh, sometimes when you're podcasting to hit every single intention that you have with every single podcast to state everything that you mean. Mm -hmm. It just gets like mind numbing and you can't, it's impossible. And okay. And let's just share that's at one point because sometimes people will come to us and they'll say really nasty, unkind things. And it's like, you don't hold the phone. Let me record your conversations that you have with your spouse, with friends, whatever, right. even if you're talking about a specific topic, but let me just record it and then put it out there into the world of the interwebs and let anybody and everybody right. pick you apart and tear it to right. shreds, exactly. right? Like, right. come on now. You're going to judge everything off of a conversation, one conversation that you hear. And I'm not saying that that wasn't the case that was here. Absolutely this not. this is no. not what this... That's not what led to this this discussion. But the but point is, is anytime we talk is, on is, something, this is very difficult because, and especially when you're talking, I always talk from a biblical perspective. That is how I speak. That's how I live my life, and that's just how I talk. So I'm always talking from a biblical perspective most of the time. Uh, yeah, we do Bible studies. I do, you know, reference scripture and all kinds of things. But then sometimes. When we we talk topically about something, sure, it's a topic that I'm not necessarily placing Bible verses in all the time. I am talking from a biblical perspective in a conversation about something. Sure, and I mean, I think even in our normal conversations, I go, you know, yeah, it reminds me of you know, what Paul says and, and so-and-so. I mean, maybe you're one of those people who stops to cite scripture after everything you have to say, or maybe you have conversations with other people who are in the word every single day reading it so you can have a conversation on it without having to cite your source. Sure, on and that's kind thing. of what, that's so kind of So I know it's point. hard, like you want to have a balance, and I do want to point people to scripture because I know people sure. will find us that don't know where the stuff comes from, and so we're happy to address it and talk about and it. And with that statement that I just made, that's dangerous in so many different levels and in so many different podcasts that if you're not if you're not citing scripture if you're not constantly you know doing that um that that's a huge issue but sometimes we're just and having an impromptu right, discussion like I, I think this is important I don't, to talk about i mean and everybody i think everybody would agree that listens to us that that on a on the daily knows that that's what the only thing that we do i mean that that's what this whole channel is about we yep. we live this we walk the walk we don't just talk the talk and say these things um christ has come in and changed my life i would have never done anything like this i would have never had a podcast i, I don't like doing this i definitely was not in definitely never just cared about the the leadership role and just i just left that for somebody else that cared and took it when i had to yeah. um and then this got put on my plate and i'm like you know i never pictured myself i just didn't really let somebody else do it and then the lord brought me to do to do this he said no you do it and i said okay and that's what i'm doing and i absolutely have been changed by it i mean my testimony we have we have hours upon hours upon hours of recordings that state our position 
on everything and even talk about the dangers of people that don't use scripture references and everything that they talk yeah. about. So I definitely um, understand that. But this one kind of got me thinking because it was it was just it, it got it got me curious that it was just a weird topic to have this type of comment on. Um, I don't. It was a shorter conversation. The video that we did about and totally like offhanded, like we yeah. were just kind of worked up and we're like, you know what? Let's just podcast this right. real quick. And it like, was and it was one of those ones that was done with general understanding of people that. Um, have come to us and then but this the comment got me thinking and this person said that they listened to the whole thing but they didn't feel like i showed biblically where my opinion was coming from mm-hmm. and she just like wasn't how could you biblically she was just wanting to know what to cite what i would you know to back up what i was saying sure and again, I'm not, I, I don't mean to, if this person is listening to this, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to personally call you out or, or you know, be snarky towards you or please don't think of it like that. I'm, I'm honestly, um, you know, doing a, doing a podcast that's, that needs to be done here because people have a lot of, um, I guess, incorrect assumptions regarding scripture sometimes and don't understand certain things and so we'll go into that and but just you know please this isn't you know any kind of personal attack or anything like that i'm just kind of addressing uh your your question and it kind of honestly it kind of puzzled me at first because i was like what do you mean my opinion biblically i i didn't understand that i'm like i i constantly have to tell people i'm like this things that i talk about i will i will happily state my opinion in the matter and state where I, this comes from me not from god sure this is what i think about it just like paul did he goes this is what this comes from me not from the lord but i believe that he's with me when he says sure. this you know i but I, I i i split off and i say you know i make sure and and separate the two but i try not to talk about my opinion that's not what this channel that's not what this podcast that's not what any of it about i mean when it comes to politics and stuff like that then yeah i guess you you get my opinion uh more so but when we're when we're talking about different issues like this it's this is definitely not my opinion i'm speaking biblical truth i have been placed in the position of being a teacher so i'm i'm teaching biblical truth and i i, I stay within this this is not my opinion i don't have that kind of power that kind of ability to invent a doctrine myself i'm not that smart there's been plenty before me that have have done it and that, that's not this is not my interpretation of scripture this is what scripture says and how you decide to apply it to your life is your choice but this is what it says i mean if this works with your own personal situation um uh, you know, I, I don't know. It may not. It may. So don't act like it's a one shoe, you know, one size fits all on everybody because it doesn't. Sometimes it's it's people, it's, a you know, well, I guess I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But um, going back to where citing scripturally these things, I go back to Second Timothy 2.15 in the fact that and, and got questions 
brought up a they had a video which they are a reference website that we absolutely love we recommend them consistently um, please use them it's gotquestions.org and they just do answers from a biblical perspective and they put great resources in there and they're a great resource to have for anybody they really are. we I use them. them a lot um, and they're very pleased that we use them so we're happy to um, any believer who correctly handles the word of truth as we read in second timothy two fifteen, we we have to do our best to present ourselves as approved and rightly handle the word of truth okay so any believer who rightly handles the word of truth and studies scripture with a rightly dividing rightly handing attitude handling attitude will understand these things and will hear these things and see these things in scripture so it's not something that is my opinion it's any believer who rightly handles this and reads will understand this this is truth this is not this is not my truth and one of the problems that we have today which we're doing a separate series podcasts on it is just this progressive christianity yep where we believe that the christianity needs to be changed and and our culture is different our language is different so we much must adapt and we must you know we don't have the same problems today as they did then and it's not applicable here and there you, you, there's so many younger Christians and progressive Christians that don't understand that no, you, you don't do that because you can't take that away. And I think one of the biggest um, things that younger Christians and progressive Christians don't understand is the fact that there's a process of, of interpreting scripture that must stay, that we cannot we cannot deviate from one way or any way because if we do that's when the enemy comes in that's when false religions are built that's when opinions are built that's when all these things are is when people deviate slightly from these things so again our good friends over at got questions have a great article on biblical exegesis and I will go ahead and read it. If you've never heard that term, I'm sure most people have. But if you haven't, they do a great uh, breakdown here of what this is. Exegesis means expulsion or explanation. Biblical exegesis involves the examination of particular text of Scripture in order to properly interpret it. Exegesis is part of the process of hermeneutics, the science of interpretation. A person who practices exegesis is called an exegete. Good biblical exegesis is actually commanded in scripture. Study, be diligent to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15, as I just said. According to this verse, we must handle the word of God properly through diligent study. If we don't, we have reason to be ashamed. So I love that part. 
they put there, we must handle the word of God properly through diligent study. Amen. It's the only way to do it. That's the only way that we can. Or we have a reason to be ashamed. Okay, there's some basic principles of good exegesis which serious students of the Bible will follow. Okay, and these they they break down these principles. So that these are the things that we all these are this box that I always talk about in my other podcasts. If you haven't listened to them, I I, I talk about this box of of inter- biblical interpretation that we we have to work within, and we cannot go outside of this box because outside of this box is is man's heresy, wisdom apostasy, and heresy apostasy and spirits and inside of the box is you know the word of god so they they break down these principles very good here first is the grammatical principle the bible was written in human language and language has a certain structure and follows certain rules therefore we must interpret the bible in a manner consistent with the basic rules of language Usually, the exegete starts his examination of a passage by defining the words in it. Definitions are basic to understanding the passage as a whole, and it is important that the words be defined according to their original intent and not according to modern usage. Amen. To ensure accuracy, the exegete... Who I messed that one up. To ensure accuracy, the exegete uses a precise English translation and Greek and Hebrew dictionaries. That's vital. You have to understand Greek, Hebrew, and the way that these were translated into English words, because it, it, it's it's extremely important when you're when you're examining any text that you have all of those understandings on, because that's where people say, "Well, no, 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 that's not what that passage means." That's not what that verse means. Your that's your interpretation of that passage. That's where that comes from. No, 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 it doesn't. Because ensure accuracy. One of the first steps that we do is we look precisely to see the words, what they mean in their original context. That's where we go first. Not what we believe, but what they what they were written, and what they say. Okay, then we have, next, the exegete examines the syntax or the grammatical relationships of the words in the passage. He finds parallels, he determines which ideas are primary and which are subordinate, and he discovers actions, subjects, and their modifiers. He may even diagram a verse or two. Okay, so number two, the literal principle. We must assume that each word in a passage has a normal, literal meaning unless there is good reason to view it as a figure of speech. The exegete does not go out of his way to spiritualize or algorize. Words mean what words mean. Imagine that. So it says what it means and it means what it says? Like It does. That's how that works? So if the Bible mentions a horse, it means a horse. When the Bible speaks of the promised land, it means a literal land given to Israel and should not be interpreted as a reference to heaven. Okay, so I think that's the that's the little got questions dig, which I absolutely love because they are their biblical interpretation is a premillennial interpretation. 
um, which comes from a pro- proper exegesis of scripture, I believe. Um, but that's their little that's their little dig at it, that there when they're talking about literal interpretation of words. It's very important. But uh, you wouldn't take any other book or any other writing or anything you else and, no. and twist it in that way. So, so why yeah. do we do it with scripture? Like it makes no sense. Yeah, it does not. Uh, verse three, or verse three. Sorry, I'm so used to doing the Bible studies now. Point three here: the historical principle. As time passes, culture changes, points of view change, language changes. We must guard against interpreting Scripture according to how our culture views things. We must always place Scripture in its historical context. This is that's so the that's huge. that's probably the most important principle. Well, and I haven't even finished this point, but let me read that again. The historical principle: as time passes, culture changes, points of view change, language changes. We must guard against interpreting Scripture according to how our culture views things. We must always place scripture in its historical context always the bible the diligent bible student will consider the geography the customs the current events and even the politics of the time when a passage was written an understanding of jewish culture can greatly aid in understanding of scripture to do his research, the exegete will use biblical dictionaries, commentaries, and books on history. Okay. An understanding of the ancient Jewish culture can greatly aid. It's vital to understanding a lot of scripture, to understanding a lot of things that Jesus said, a lot of the reasons why he did things. To understand this whole thing from the beginning to end, you need to understand that. Because it all points to... It all points to Christ, and it's all important. But it all has it all has meaning. Um, what's really important, yeah, the Bible student will consider geography, customs, current events, and even the politics of the time when a passage was written. That's when we have like the Book of Romans, like chapter, you know, like when when we've gone over our our Romans thirteen study, and the problem is is we didn't properly interpret this passage with a historical context. We because we once didn't you put understand. the historical context there, it makes no yeah, sense right, in the exactly. way that people want to use it. Yeah, we didn't we didn't actually pay attention to the politics when we translated Romans thirteen, because the politics of the time and everything around that would explain why a chapter like Romans thirteen would come out. And then you could, that's why the reason why Romans 13 and Peter, they kind of look out of place because you're like, well, wait a minute. This, this has never been something that seems like we celebrate. So that, that was a, that's what happens when you don't do that. Things and politics and everything changes when you interpret, a, um, you know, uh, passages or books incorrectly or, you know, to, to people that it was not intended to go to, um, Number four is the the synthesis principle. The best interpreter of Scripture is Scripture itself. We must examine a passage in relation to its immediate context, the verses surrounding it, its wider context, the book it's found in, and its complete context, the Bible as a whole. This does not contradict itself. Any theological statement in one verse can and should be harmonized with theological statements in other parts of Scripture. Good Bible interpretation relates any one passage 
to the total content of scripture number i mean that that is that is another foundational point okay the bible does not contradict itself any theological statement in one verse should be harmonized with other parts of scripture and so it's so funny as i was just talking about this in my biblical Mm -hmm. one i did today it's crazy but it's again so you have to look at these things so if you take this scripture here and you think it's telling you this but then as you continue to read throughout the entire book because as christians we must be reading the entire book you find other things that make you go huh how can that mean that if this says this if I know God's word doesn't contradict itself, then I might need to go back and kind of reread, look at this. Who's it talking to? What's the context? Like, what, what am I missing here? Because everything harmonizes perfectly. We might not always see that properly because we're human and we make mistakes and we don't understand and, and all of these things. But if you're reading and you notice things that aren't lining up, that's where you have to, to read, to look, to understand, to have someone that you can trust to help you in biblical wisdom and understanding, to, to point you in the right direction and kind of help you out. Because sometimes these things are, are completely different from the ways that you've been taught or the traditions you grew up in. And it's like, wait a second, how can that say that? I thought it was always this or, or whatever it may be. It's huge. You have to do these things. Right. So those were the... Um those are the little five main points on ex- exegesis. And we'll go ahead and put these article links in the description here for both of them. There's one more, though, called hermeneutics. And we'll go ahead and they do. Surprise, surprise again. Got a question. Does a great one on this one, too. But biblical hermeneutics is the study of principles and methods of interpreting the text of the Bible. Second Timothy 2.15 commands believers to be involved in hermeneutics. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who correctly handles the word of truth. The purpose of biblical humor, hermeneutics is to help us know how to properly interpret, understand, and apply the Bible. So again, this sounds a lot like exegesis. It's the same thing. They use the same reference of 2 Timothy exactly. 2.15. Okay, so it's, it sounds a lot like it, and it, 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 and it, but it's another important tool that we use to interpret Scripture, and this is this is what it what it means the most important law of biblical hermeneutics is that the bible should be interpreted literally we are to understand the bible in its normal or plain meaning unless the passage is obviously intended to be symbolic or if or if figures of speech are employed the bible says what it means and means what it says for example when jesus speaks of having fed the 5000 in mark 8:19 the law of hermeneutics says that we should understand 5,000 literally. There was a crowd of hungry people that numbered 5,000 who were fed with real bread and fish by a miracle-working Savior. Any attempt to spiritualize the number to deny a literal miracle is to do injustice to take the text and ignore the purpose of the language, which is to communicate. Some interpreters make the mistake of trying to read between the lines of scripture to come up with esoteric meanings that are not truly in the text, as if every passage has a hidden spiritual truth that we should seek to decrypt. Biblical hermeneutics keeps us faithful to the intended meaning of scripture and away from allegorizing Bible verses that should be understood literally. 
The second crucial law of biblical hermeneutics is that it's passage that passages must be interpreted historically, grammatically, and contextually. Interpreting a passage historically means we must seek to understand the culture, background, and situation that prompted the text. For example, in order to fully understand Jonah's fight in Jonah 1, 1 through 3, we should research the history of the Assyrians as related to Israel. Interpreting a passage grammatically requires one to follow the rules of grammar and recognizes the nuances of Hebrew and Greek. So what he's, I guess he, they're not, I guess he doesn't go down to explain the interpretation of Jonah. Yeah, understanding what the heck Jonah ran from is vital to understanding this whole story. But the thing that really gets me is you would normally do this type of context and understanding for in any other book, any other book. Right. But yet you talk about this with scripture and it's like, whoa, you know, it's just this crazy thing that people fight and they divide and they argue and all this other stuff. And it's like, but if you were really into any other historical book series or movie mm. or whatever it is, you dig all into this stuff. It would be common sense to do that. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about it for scripture, no, well, that's just your interpretation. That's just this. How did you get that? You know, I mean, all of these crazy things. And it's like, that's not rocket science. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it. it's it's not. Um, so I don't know why he didn't go on to explain the Jonah thing there. But I guess he just assumed. Um for example, when Paul writes of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, in Titus 2.13, the rules of grammar state that God and Savior are par parallel terms, and they are both in opposition to Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul clearly calls Jesus our great God. Interpreting, the passage a, interpreting a passage contextually involves the considering the context of the verse or passage when trying to determine the meaning. The context includes the verses immediately preceding and following the chapter, the book, and most broadly, the entire Bible. For example, many puzzling statements in Ecclesiastes become clear when kept in context. The book of Ecclesiastes is written from an earthly perspective. Under the sun, Ecclesiastes 1.3, in fact, the phrase under the sun is repeated about 30 times in the book. Establishing the context for all that is vanity in this world. A third law of biblical hermeneutics is that the scripture is always the best interpreter of scripture. For this reason, we always compare scripture with scripture when trying to determine the meaning of a passage. For example, Isaiah's condemnation of Judah's desire to seek Egypt's help and their reliance on a strong Calvary, Isaiah 31.1, was motivated in part by God's explicit command that his people not go to Egypt to seek horses in Deuteronomy 17.16. Some people avoid studying biblical hermeneutics because they mistakenly believe it will limit their ability to learn new truths from God's word or stifle the Holy Spirit's illumination of scripture. But their fears are unfounded. Biblical hermeneutics is all about finding the correct interpretation of the inspired text. The purpose of biblical hermeneutics is to protect us from misapplying scripture or allowing bias to color our understanding of the truth. God's word is truth. John 17, 17. 
We want to see the truth, know the truth, and live the best truth as we can. And that's why biblical hermeneutics is vital. So. Yeah. Those two things. And both of these are going. Both of these articles will be linked. And they they also give you more resources to go and check out for yourself. And be able to look into this more. But this is something. And, and I'm, I know maybe... Everybody, um, everybody already knows these two different principles. Maybe, you know, you, you know this, but I feel that a lot of the things that I say will be understood through a proper interpretation of Scripture and you'll in a prop, proper study and understanding of Scripture. And we have... Because it's not your understanding and your interpretation. That's what people who want to argue these things when you stand boldly on these things well that's just what you think no it's what it says and see the problem with those comments about your interpretation or who told you or this this often gets boiled down to the old white men plus one black man jen Hatmaker. yeah jen Hatmaker. um you know, th- this gets boiled down to that with this new progressive Christianity. But a proper understanding of Scripture and the New Testament will show you that this is exactly what the Apostle Paul, Peter, Jude, this is mostly, this is exactly what they fought against already. And we learn from Ecclesiastes that there is nothing new. There's not any new understanding, any new revelation that we are going to have of Scripture on our own. And there's nothing that we need to change. There's no, there's the seeker-sensitive movement that we have. There's it. No, that's not true. The social gospel movement, none of this is biblical and it's all stuff that's been around since the time of the apostles and people that have been trying to pervert the understood word of god and if you have a proper understanding of scripture you will see that this has been a problem reoccurring in the church since it began this is all throughout the new testament letters all of them specifically paul's letters But it's not, it, it's not new. And that's the problem is these people just assume, most people assume this is my interpretation or this is, you know, some old white man's interpretation. It's like, n- no, no. This is generally understood. This is the faith. This is the faith that Paul instructed us to guard. Because this is, there was these false teachers and people that would come in and try to modernize it and try to, to, to tell people that, okay, well, you're not supposed to take it literally. There's, you're part of this whole group of people that take the Bible literally. Well, yeah, because that's the faith. That's the faith that was delivered to us. And they go, well, how do you know the Bible is that you, the Bible isn't even what we're, 
Again, that's another understanding where if you have a basic grasp of Scripture, you can understand how the Bible came to be. How the Bible came to be is right inside of there. Okay, We know that the apostles, the, the, the letter writers, they, re, they referred to each other's writings as Scripture. They referred to the Gospels, and they wrote the Gospels and referred to them as Scripture. This was something that was generally understood by the apostles after Jesus' death, that they were writing Scripture, and, and they viewed these letters that Paul was writing as Scripture and something that should be passed on in the church from generation to generation to generation to generation. This was, a, this was an understanding amongst them. Peter acknowledges Paul's writings as inspired Scripture. And Paul recognizes the Gospels. I mean, all of them recognize the Gospels. So we know that this is not this is not something that we just crafted up and just randomly threw some books in the Bible. The canon is is much more complicated than what I just made it out to be. But that's <clears throat> basically what it boils down to is that this is under this was understood by the apostles and their their writings and what we have is is exactly what we are supposed to have and you know do you really think god would let his word like be like lost and it's like some big conspiracy that it's been hidden from us like you truly don't understand the sovereignty of god and his 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 control on everything if you honestly believe that his word could be some tampered, corrupt, you know, text, you know, why has there been so much controversy? And there's there's plenty of reasoning behind it that, again, it goes all the way back to the apostles. And we understand all of this information through a proper interpretation of Scripture and in, in understanding what we read in a historical context, a grammatical, all these things. This is a general understanding. So this comment was made on the homeschool uh, podcast specifically. It was made on uh, saying, you know, my biblical view of this. And this is, again, this is not my biblical view or my interpretation of Scripture. Okay, Deuteronomy tells us to teach our children these things and to pass these things on from generation to generation to generation and to and to raise them up in the lord and how important this is to raise them up in the lord and education and that this is our responsibility to have to equip them to be able to teach their future children these things I mean, especially when it states from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed, when you're at home, when you're out. And There's about. no time like, to be different. At, the point here is at all times, be training your children up, teaching them the ways of the Lord. Do that. And I don't mean to, you know, I don't, I don't want to sound dogmatic about it, I suppose, and say that, again, that this is one size fits all for everybody, but largely, okay, we cannot give our children a proper influence and protect them from the world by sending them to public school. 
No, it's absolutely impossible. Why? Because our God is being completely taken out of public school. You can't worship our God in public school. Okay, so there's a few. So how are your children being trained up in the ways of the Lord in a system that cannot and will not teach them the ways of the Lord? So they have Bible class every once in a while, but if they're getting indoctrinated with Some. false history, yeah. with false, you know, indoctrinated with the systematic nonsense that's coming out of the public school system that's that's straight up demonic, none of it is, I mean, none of it is correct. Yeah, you might have a couple, you know, okay here or there, but... I mean, come on, largely, no, you can't, and you can't teach your children, I think, pure statistics on childhood behavior and the issues that people are having, even the issues that we people come to us with that they're having of their children that are in public school. Oh, yeah, time and, and time again. Paired with this, it's like... You can't expect to send your children out to the world and not have them coming back smelling like the world. And there's a lot to think about with that. So it's not it's it's not my interpretation of this. It's just a, unfortunately it's a cold hard fact that it's becoming impossible for us as Christians to do in the public environment. And that's becoming that's becoming uncomfortable to a lot of people. But this is what we're trying to warn, especially in this channel, that this is telling of the times and the seasons that we are in as Christians. Okay, this is. I'm not trying to sound apocalyptic or crazy, but I'm again. I guess I'm. You know, when you're a teacher of the world, you're crazy anyway. So, but I'm definitely not using abusing it in the sense. But we have done many studies on this channel talking about the the end days and more recently we just did one talking about the false teaching that's going to increase and the great falling away that's going to end up happening with the church in general in large and i believe in there's a large debate on what this big want this falling away is but there's you know largely going to be Christianity is largely going to be identified by false doctrine. Well, we're here. That's what we're facing every single and day. False doctrine abounds. It's it's already here. So that that's what we're looking at here. So we're looking at the times getting real close to the return of Christ. I don't I can't tell you when that's going to be. I have no idea, but I can tell you that it's we're looking at the times that it's going to be soon. You know, we're looking at the times that Jesus says when we're to look up and start paying attention to these things. These things are going to occur, and when these things begin to occur, lift your heads up. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different ways that you could take that passage in proper in a proper interpretation of scripture and you can take that a few different ways, but I think and I believe and it fully states that to be watchful, to be sober-minded and looking for these times and these seasons and remember that Jesus rebuked the leaders of his day for not knowing the time and season of when his first coming was. What do you, There's not going to be any difference in that in the second coming. So we're there. We're already there and we're getting really close to it. So time-wise, I don't know, but now's that time to say, you know what, I'm going to pull my child out of the public school system because of 
the things that are going on in the public school system in the world. These are telling signs of a nation that's been abandoned by God in Romans 1. In the whole book of Romans, you can you can read all about this. We even did a, a Bible study on it. Okay, we the the whole book of Romans explains the nation that is has been abandoned by God. And the evidence in that sinks down to our education, our policy, all these different things we can tell, and these are, these affect our day, everyday lives. And we are looking at that reality right there. So we are looking at a world that is void of God, completely void of God, no matter what kind of illusion that you have about a greater again country. We are looking at a country that is completely void of God, a nation that God will not bless. That's what we're looking at. Send your child out into that world. You need to prepare them in the spirit to face that world because we don't know how much longer we have, but we know that these things are only better and better. Duty, especially with our children that we are given as stewards, we are going to have to present these children to Christ. We're going to have to show for what we've how we've helped them get along and that like all of these things I mean all of these things are extremely important. Belong to you, but the soul belongs to God. So in reality, these little tiny humans is is God is giving you his his souls for you to raise up in knowledge of him. So it's your I mean that's a huge responsibility that that you have. And not taking that time to focus on that and then you don't, I assume most people don't have ministries, so they don't see the pain that they have from children that are unbelievers. And none of them, I, I don't think there's one single one of them that doesn't say that I wish I would have just taught them the Lord better and I wish they would have done this sooner. Because now my child is an unbeliever and I can't get them to come to Christ. You know, I mean, there's there's just a lot of uh, a lot of pain that we see in that that these these pe these parents have that have ki kids that have gone down an incorrect path. Why would we subject them to that now? From this point period, we have uh, this choice now to be able to to make this difference and to realize these things and and definitely point them in different directions. I mean, we don't, we can live outside of the system. We don't have to do this here. We can have, we can still earn skills and trades and go into the world and, and do our business with it when we must. 
but we don't have to indoctrinate our and send our children into it as a, and get them used to this this system that that works completely against the true faith so i think that's the end of my rant on that i hope it clarified a little bit of where we come from as a podcast where we where i come from whenever i talk about these things i get accused of this often and unfortunately this is just hard truth and this is not my opinion it's just that people don't like it i'll give you my opinion i'll split that up i am not a prideful person okay i don't i don't care enough i don't again i i don't want to do um I am called to do this and I am I am a servant to God for it and I am thankful that I do it and I love it and there's not a single thing that I would do differently but that doesn't mean that I would make this my tr- first profession and that this is something that I would do and, and just waste your time with. That's that's not the type of person that I am and that's not the person that I even could know how to be. So the fact that even that I'm saying these things, believe me, it has nothing to do with my own pride, my own thought. It's something that has changed my life, something that God has led me to, that it, God has given me the ability to to see and to apply uh, to, to things. And it, it's not that I have some special ability. It's that it, it's, it's really a simple, humble, exception of a lot of these these things and a lot of these rules that we have to do we have to live our our christian lives by so while all these things you know I, I don't mean to sound combative or anything like that but there's just an unfortunate reality to a lot of things that are going on right now uh in the church and in christianity and misconceptions that people have that are just absolutely deadly misconceptions about things and um, so I know a lot of these things that we say, sometimes they seem harsh or they seem like a single sided opinion, but this is, this is gen, this is a generally understood view of the faith and true biblical study and interpretation will lead you, should lead you to the same conclusion. We can have different, different views on certain doctrines. You know, there's, there's definitely room for two different interpretations out of scripture using the same correct um, principles that we listed in this and it it does it leaves it open for for a few different uh, viewpoints from a lot of different things uh, one that does not is sending our kids to this world system and in indoctrinating them with these things and the ability to even um, you know provide a a good spiritual base for them by doing so is just not there and that's kind of across the board it really is so you know and this is this is a problem with the american gospel and what we understand and i I definitely recommend um that documentary as a start if you haven't seen it uh if you haven't i think that you can watch the the first hour of it on youtube for free and then all the, uh, I think all the main Amazon, all them, yeah, they, they have, have it, it on there. That I think you can, in some places, you can even get a link to get it for free, I'm pretty sure. So mm-hmm. check it out. It's a, a great, great jumping point to understanding a lot of these things.